Dive into the world of dance at the Victorian College of the Arts. Their program offers a unique blend of artistry, performance, and choreographic practice within an inclusive environment. As an undergraduate student, you explore contemporary dance, physical theatre, ballet, urban dance, and more in a collaborative studio lab setting. At honors level, specialize in performance skills, choreographic practice, or dance research. Plus, benefit from the proximity of local choreographers and companies, including Philip Adams, Stephanie Lay Company, Lucy Guerin, Chunky Move, and Dance House. Through professional placements, their students have the opportunity to develop pathways for their future careers through these relationships and networks. Consider a variety of bachelor, masters, and even doctorate programs available according to your needs. Join them and unleash your artistic potential at the Victorian College of the Arts. Learn more through the link in the descriptions below. Hi, my name is Jason Yup, and you are listening to Artunio Talks a mini-series expanding on Artunio and how this new startup aims to help you take back your creativity, artistic freedom and control of career choices. Are you an artist, creator or even enthusiast wanting to make a real change in the industry? Find out more at artunio.com. That's A-R-T-U-N-I-O dot com. Ah, the good old days. I remember when Instagram was the nexus of all visual offerings. The place where you could turn the most average-looking picture into the most sensational message when supercharged with emotional captions. Instagram used to be the place for me to share my artistic voice by concocting eye-catching photo collages and placing them side-by-side with a highlight reel with my latest performance or podcast soundbite. Instagram was my go-to for updates on all of my friends' and family's lives. On all of the ongoings of this content-saturated world we still need to sleep plow through, Instagram was... Okay, that, that's enough. Instagram is not any of these things anymore. Don't believe me? Here's why. Just imagine being in a theatre. And while waiting for the door to swing open to your next favourite ballet, you suddenly notice someone start twerking right next to you. On your left is a famous influencer with a newborn baby. On your right, a newscaster rambling about the political unrest back in your country. And to confuse you even further, you catch Salt Bay sprinkling salt on steaks in the far corner. Oh, and let's not forget that in about 10 seconds, someone will pat you on your shoulder and ask if you would be interested in applying for a loan or insurance, just because you visited a bank before going to that theater. Well, that is Instagram and social media if we had the metaverse up and running already. Thank heavens we don't. So where do arts fit into all of this, you may ask? The answer is simply nowhere. 
And that herein lies the problem we face when scoring up to mass content on platforms that treat us not as the content itself, but the product in which to profit off from. The reality is, we cannot expect social media to change. We need to assume accountability and build a new one that is designed for art and artists with conditions that are beneficial for the whole community. Listen, isn't it always better to build your own house than to live under the restrictions of someone else's? In this episode, we dive deeper into the overarching issues of Instagram and debate about the differences between content versus art. As always, I'm here with Timothy, co-founder and leader of Artunio. Hey there, Timothy. Welcome back to The Background Dancer and this very special series of Artunio Talks where we break down what Artunio is going to bring to the arts and cultural community. Uh, I've been working with you for a couple of months now and we are approaching a very, very interesting stage of our project where we are not only building the platform, building the app, but also doing content marketing right here, yes. doing podcasts, yeah. doing YouTube channels, everything uh, in order to educate further exactly what we're trying to do. Now, everything needs the right environment. But first of all, how are you doing before we get started? I'm doing just great, like uh, really, really good. And how are you doing? Yeah, um, the leg is definitely a problem, uh, you know, with the surgery and all that. But uh, just trying to get by every day with the combination of painkillers as well as motivation and nothing drives me on. Nothing gets me past pain more than purpose. So, um, like I said, I think this project really came at a good time, ironically, um, in conjunction mm. with my injury. Uh, mm. but thankfully I have a very good environment to heal and recover. So, Without further yeah. ado, let's touch on this exact word. Today, we're going to focus a lot on environment. And yeah. social media is really an unsuitable environment for us artists, right? There are many reasons as to why that is. But today, we're going to get into that. And then in the second half, we're going to talk a little bit about content versus art. There are two very different things, at least from the format slash philosophical slash aesthetic perspective but let's go straight into the number one issue of instagram as an environment right instagram is not meant for artistic content so like when it comes to the experience like mine experience uh it's quite hard to tell because i'm actually not very active on those social media platforms i basically don't even have tiktok and on Instagram, I don't post. I just, you know, follow a few uh, accounts and that's it. Uh, when it comes to other artists, so I have saw a couple of things that artists, you know, are maybe not even knowing they're doing. Uh, so, you know, they're just, you know, creating uh, their portfolios on Instagram. So the portfolios of their work is, you know, posted on Instagram. And that's the only way they post their work. That's just totally not good. It's just... It's just you know, you should either have a website or some other place where you post your work rather than Instagram or TikTok. It's like, imagine you have you have been working on your uh, Facebook account for 10 years. 
who's who's even you know going to Facebook to seek for you or take a look at your work or something? Nobody. As you said before in the previous podcast, the, that star is dying out. So that's like the first thing that I think that is totally wrong with artistic content on social media. And then you have to understand or people, artists have to understand it, that when users are using Instagram, they often use it as a procrastination tool. They go there and they just, you know, like swiping down their doom scroll on the feed to find something that will entertain them for a while. And uh, it's very similar to switching, you know, channels on TV. Like you switch one channel, nothing, you know, nothing entertaining, important. I switch to next, 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 until you end up on one of those, right? But, you know, now imagine that you have a movie. You're an artist, you you are an actor or you are a screenwriter or filmmaker and you create a movie. Now you have to see the whole movie to understand that, right? To get the whole point. You cannot see just a few seconds chipped off five seconds from that movie to understand it. So that's what, but that's what Instagram is doing basically. So I think that this is another complete waste of time and uh, it's not good for artists to actually promote themselves this way. Yeah. And we, we haven't even gotten to the whole centralized versus decentralized debate because artists do and should own all of their rights, all of their intellectual property all of their artistic property. And when you put them on Instagram, you're basically sort of letting the big players, uh, I'm talking about the owners of Instagram, Facebook, Meta, uh, to own your content, to use Mm -hmm. it and sell it, right? To advertisers, like you said. Yes, that's true. That's why, you know, Web um, 3.0, to some of you who may not know what that means, is basically just decentralizing platforms and giving authority and autonomy back to the people who actually use these platforms i used instagram for my professional work as well but every single day when i use it i do have that really creepy fear that one day they might just shut it all down and i would just lose everything and i just keep on questioning myself why don't i post it on somewhere else well because nobody's going to care nobody's going to find your website for example so we are really left with no choice but to post on instagram and that really really sucks uh, so thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. Let's move on to the second point here. Now, the second issue, yes, you, like you said, you go onto mm-hmm. Instagram and you see a bunch of very different things that you're not really there for, right? Maybe you're going to look at really nice yeah. pictures. And with the current trend, the change in Instagram's motifs from a photo sharing app into what is essentially a video sharing app right now, uh, a challenger to TikTok You really Mm -hmm. don't know where you're supposed to be and why you're there anymore. Users perceive your art with the surrounding context. You know, you're touching uh, a bit the topic of like digital and the displays and everything. And I think it's a great medium, right? It's very fast to get to people. It's very fast to share some important information and so on. And, but it's not always great to, it's not good for every type of connection, every type of sharing, right? For example, imagine you will spend the rest of your life connected to your family, your friends through this screen. That's probably not great, right? And that's how you should not see art. You cannot never ever feel the same watching uh, a play in a theater and watching it on phone. 
is different. That's why we'll always have galleries. That's why we'll always have theaters, even cinemas and so on. It's a different experience, right? That's first. So we are designing Artunio to bring people to those places with the digital tools. So for example, we'll never want to exchange real physical space for the digital. That's the first thing. We will use it to inform people, to attract people. Look, there's a play, you know, you might be interested in this play, go and check it out. Like, that's great. But when it comes to sharing art, the the space on social media, <laughs> I, I think it's ridiculous. Like, if you are at home or the, you know, the listeners or viewers are at home, like, take a look at the feed and go to the grid. You can see literally, okay, let's start with some artistic. You can see a painting, right? Next to the painting is somebody twerking. Then there is somebody talking about some political issues in your country. Then there is an ad. You know, maybe you have kids. Diapers is perfect. Then whatever you can imagine, like somebody's cutting soap. <laughs> An somebody's alligator. eating like a hundred hamburger. Yeah. Oh. It's whatever, yeah. you know, just, you know, a yeah. total yeah. absurdities and put it together. And that's what yeah. you see on one screen. Now imagine you're in a theater and you see this. <laughs> yeah. Or in a gallery. It's like not suited. It's, uh, it's, it's yeah. so distracting <laughs> and people are fighting. Companies are fighting to put the most enticing, most distracting thing on the grid. So you will watch that. What I saw, and there was a study on this, you know, like human faces are very good for attraction. This is why you see them on commercials everywhere. Human face is by default, the most searchable, the most recognizable thing for another human being. What they found out, there is a better way to do this. Deforming faces. Putting something on the face that it's kind of deformed. And uh, yes, it is more... If you put 10 faces of person and you put one deformed, you look at the deformed. Yeah. it's. I've seen this trend on, on, on YouTube with the videos. I've seen this trend elsewhere in marketing. And it's just like another uh, psychological aspect of like putting, exploiting human psychology to sell. And this is basically Instagram or TikTok. It's just, you know, those platforms are there to put content so they can put ads all over the place so they can earn money. This is how it works. Where does art fit in this? That's a good question. <laughs> environment. That's a good question. I don't know. Okay. Now let's use this particular argument and move into the third main issue. Instagram is a procrastination tool. Well, you don't go, like I said, you know, my example, you don't go to a gallery to sort of procrastinate. Maybe some people do, I'm not sure, but definitely not me and you. Um, and that's no problem with that. But the problem is the procrastination and the, let's say the frequency of it happens a lot more on Instagram compared to an artistic uh, landmark. So I'm going to throw you something really weird. Let's say, okay, so why do you think it's much easier to procrastinate on Instagram? What's on Instagram that is so enticing that uh, makes you procrastinate more than a music festival? There's maybe some yeah. collage of different things as well. You have a band playing here. You have hot dogs selling there. You have picnicking here. Is that maybe a good enough sort of a, a similar context to Instagram? <laughs> hey, 
Jason here with a special message for you to help and continue serving our beloved performing arts community. So here's what you can do. Share this with one person you believe who this episode can benefit and attach a personal note explaining why. This way, you are not only helping me grow this show, but also adding value to those you truly care about. Massive appreciation as it means the world to me. And let's get right back to the show. It's a great question. And the answer is, Instagram is designed to exploit human psychology. Instagram is very good to providing you dopamine, providing you that feeling of being free for a while while watching all this content. You just feel good. It's just, you know, hormones inside you that, you know, tells you that you feel good. So, for example, if you're uh, at home, you're working on a task, you're frustrated because, you know, it's taking longer or you're not doing your best. How easy it is to grab a phone and watch a few short videos or, you know, something funny or something, somebody traveling, somebody enjoying their lives and so on. It feels good. It gives you that sense of relief. And it's there. It's right in front of you. It's not just the the fact that it's the dopamine hit, but it's also the notification tool, right? So you have the comments, the likes, the, all it. those engagement metrics. If somebody likes your photo, you're going to check it out. <laughs> so uh, that's a big difference from yeah. art. Yeah, you check it out. And that is, like we already said, that you know, art requires someone to delve deeper into, spend a bit more time. And maybe there could be dopamine hits with arts as well. The only problem is that there's just that few of them that really causes people to feel that way. And you usually have to sit through maybe an entire performance or spend like 10 minutes staring at a, you know, a painting to understand it. <laughs> Read a couple of descriptions. It's, it's so much more time, so much more effort. It's, it's like with food. You can eat junk food and you will, you will feel uh, that yep. you are not hungry. Yep. Like, but eat junk food for 10 years and let's, let's take a look at you. Like, <laughs> I, I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not a doctor, but I can say if you eat junk food, you don't sleep well. Yeah. yeah. You, and, you know, you will end up bad. If you eat, if you eat good food, if you have enough water, you exercise, whatever, you know, and there's a bigger chance you will be healthy yeah. in 10 years. And that's, that's the difference between art and fast food content. I call it fast food content. Fast food, fast content, art, quality food, quality content. Okay, great. Now we've set the foundations. Let's move on to the debate that we've all been mm -hmm. waiting for. Content. You mentioned a couple of times already. One of the biggest influences in the world right now, Jake Paul. I don't think he's an artist. He's yeah. a content creator. Uh, Akira Yoshida, a dancer. Also very famous yeah. on Instagram. More an artist. Definitely an artist. Not a content yeah. creator. Yes, he creates content though. So, <laughs> then the question begs, what exactly is the difference between content and art? What is the difference between a content creator and an artist? Yeah, that's, a, that's, that's I think, is the core value of Artunio. And I think it's like the core message uh, that we, we are sharing right now. Artists are creating art when they have actually something to say, while content creators create something because they have to say something. You know, they they have to find something to say, 
You know, that's why you're watching videos of people drinking coffee. There's nothing to say. You know, it's just drinking coffee. It's on a vacation, whatever. But artists create when they have something to say. When there's a, some issue in the society or they want to reflect something from, you know, their lives. You know, we see statues that are from ancient times. That, that, that says us something like, uh, you know, so that's like the main difference. Uh, there is like a, you know, a bit of a gray area in between because yes, there's a lot of great content about art that is out there. If you just see a documentary about dance history, I saw a documentary about ballet a month ago. It was great. And, uh, you know, that's something different because you're just, you know, creating content about art. This type of content is welcomed on Artunio. But then you have on the other side, just content. Pranks, people cutting soap, people putting as much foam inside the pool and, you know, <laughs> oh. uh, throwing Ferraris out of oh, uh, yeah, the cranes. Yeah. And this is just content. There's nothing else. <laughs> That's not art. Let's yep. be honest. And actually, you know, I think I, I don't I don't want to say bad people, but people who have not very good values in their lives. Uh, can exploit this human psychology. And if they understand the algorithms and this game, they can pre become pretty famous and actually harm the whole society, especially young people. We've seen this before. We see it now with all the issues around the world with multiple influencers. You know, they get the voice. And because they got the voice, it means we see it as they, they have the monopoly on truth. What they say, what they do, that's the truth. You know, this is like completely toxic. Yep. It's not good. We all see it, but they have the power of the algorithms and exposure. You know, these big companies, Meta and so on, they don't want to pull them down because controversy and everything just attracts people. So that brings them money. That they, they will never put them down. That's money for them. Yeah. yeah. On the other side, we have the artists. For example, as we talked before, Like we have a lot of actors that are worldwide success stories and they don't even have Instagram accounts. You can become famous as an artist outside social media and successful, but you cannot become successful as a content creator without social media. Try it. Find one person. That's brilliant. That's absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, artists became successful even before the internet. Content creators, yeah, not. <laughs> There was no internet, no content creators, you know? So I think there's a difference. And of course, on Artunio, we will only support artistic content. The content that is relevant, is valuable for the artistic community or uh, users that come, come there to uh, see, watch, and experience this art content. The, the idea of content creators, I think, yes, like you said, very much boomed in conjunction with the internet and, of course, the greatest creation of all time, yeah. YouTube. <laughs> so if we go all the way back to even like vlogging, for example, even the original vloggers did not make it big until YouTube came about, right? And that gave birth to the idea of a content creator. You sit in front of a camera, you tell people stories, yeah. or you just allow them to sort of watch you in your life, and that is considered content. But that's YouTube, right? That's YouTube. It's there forever. It's 
uh, searchable by keywords and it's searchable by title, it's searchable by your handle. It lives on and it's, you know, mostly long form content. So people have to stay there to kind of really get the gist of what's going on. Is writing a poem, is writing a critique of a movie, and let's say even a podcast script, is that is that content? Mm-hmm. I guess it is, but it's not necessarily uh, the same as what we said, you know, all those cars crashing and cutting soap and yeah. all that. So I guess the word that you use in this case is artistic content, right? Artistic content is what we're trying to get onto yeah. Artunio. And that's why uh, it's very discouraged to put on cat photos and cutting soap fo- uh, videos. I guess we're not going to say you're not allowed to do that. The only problem is that if you do that, people are not really going to care because the people who are on Artunio are those who are there for one thing and one thing only. And yes. that is art. So is there is there a way that we can find a marriage between the content creator slash the artist and also the artistic content slash the content, right? So it doesn't always have to be artistic, but it has uh, it, it cannot go all the way to, to flying cars and cutting soap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, uh, yeah, of course, like those two things can coexist uh, in a very, very symbiotic way. You know, a lot of people that actually add to the art world are content creators. They spread the word about art. You know, as I said, I've seen a documentary. It's the guy who created the documentary is not a dancer. He's not a ballet dancer, but he created a great documentary about the whole history and everything. He added so much to the whole art world with this documentary, and but he's not a dancer. People that will not want to create content at all can still use Artunio to the fullest. That's why we have all those digital tools. If you are a content creator in art, this is like your niche. If you're an artist, if you're just somebody working in the art field and you don't even create uh, content, maybe you're a curator in the gallery. You can still use Artunio for your work. Everything that is somehow connected to an art field in one way or another, a person that is working in art or cultural or creative industry is welcomed on Artunio. So it will be the, the, the best tool for the whole artistic world. <laughs> That's really well said. You know, it's about providing options. It's about providing a, a different set of tools for different people, right? From the very start, you already said that you wanted to try to build this all-in-one digital space. So it's not just about, you know, social media, like I said. And that was what really tipped the balance for me in terms of, oh, is this a good product or not? Yes, because as an artist, there are so many different things you can do on that platform. And this is exactly the way to create a very symbiotic relationship. So we're going to talk a lot more about the other features and I'm really excited for that as well in our next episode. But let's wrap it up for this one. Thank you so much once again, Tim, for sharing your insight and uh, we'll see you in the next episode. Yeah, thanks for having me and see you next time. Thanks for listening to Artunio Talks. That was the third entry of a four-part series on Artunio my newest venture and passion that I believe you can resonate with deeply too. I recently underwent a surgery to repair my torn ACL, one of the most devastating but common injuries in athletes and dancers alike. Without much hesitation, 
this project then became more important than ever, both as a future product as well as a point of motivation. However, we are still at the early stage of building this app and require more of your feedback. To support us, kindly give our beta version a test drive by following the link in the description below. It should guide you to our website, where you learn everything about our project through the blogs, homepage, and crowdfunding campaign. Yes, none of this can be realized without your interest. And therefore, I urge you to take 10 to 15 minutes exploring why this is so crucial for all of us. And if you need a personal touch, you know where to find me. In the next and final episode, we'll expand on what's pushing artists to further compromise our art for exposure on social media. How do we wrestle back our creativity, artistic freedom, and control of our professional choices? Can Artunio become the solution once and for all? We'll also run through additional features that will present that one-stop shop option we've all been waiting for. Have a great week and see you in the next one. If you're listening to this, you are most definitely a dance enthusiast, maybe even one for dance science. Well, why not join the International Association for Dance Medicine and Science, or IADAMS for short, and become part of a global community dedicated to supporting dancers and performers worldwide. With active members from over 50 countries, including experts in dance, medicine, and science, IADAMS provides a diverse network of support and resources. As a member, you'll gain access to exclusive benefits such as discounts to year-round events, their vast collection of e-learning opportunities, and a subscription to the Journal of Dance, Medicine and Science, amongst other incredible and unique offers. Join the mission for better outcomes and apply for an iAdams membership today. Click the link in the descriptions below for more info.